0: Hello everybody, it is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I appreciate you guys' support a ton. Everything's been doing better than I could even imagine. Make sure to leave a like if you're watching on YouTube. Make sure to download on any audio platform, link in the description. Check out the Clips channel. We got a ton to talk about in this episode. The NBA draft went down. That was a super exciting night. Uh, If you tuned in to my Instagram live stream, I did a reaction to about like the first 20 or so picks. It was a really, really fun one. We got some trades that's happened. Yeah, let's just get right into it. First, talking about my winners of the NBA draft. Uh, My first winner, I got the Detroit Pistons, though I was not a fan of the Isaiah Stewart pick, which I'll get into a little bit more uh, later in the episode. Absolutely love the Killian Hayes pick. I think he's gonna end up being a top three player in this class. I just love his skill set. I love his ability to handle the ball Uh, His passing ability is really, really nice. He's going to immediately come in and be an upper echelon passer. The shot, even though the percentages weren't great, he shot it really well from the free throw line. And his ability to hit those tough step back shots has a bit of like Goran Dragic, D'Angelo Russell to his game. Uh, I just love that pick so much. They need a point guard uh, of the future. They need a franchise guard with Derrick Rose being on a one-year contract. Hopefully they can flip him for some assets, but yeah. Love the Killian Hayes pick. I think that was excellent, and I love the Sadiq Bay pick too. A wing who, uh, even though he's not maybe like a master at anything, he's really well rounded. He can score the ball off the dribble. He can hit the three. He can hit the mid range. He can play defense. He finishes at the basket. He just does a little bit of everything, and I like the young core they're building a lot. Though again, not a fan of the Isaiah Stewart pick. Uh, if you think about it, they got Killian Hayes, Sekou DeVoya, uh, Sadiq Bay. And uh, Isaiah Stewart now, and then you got some other guys like Sri Makai Luke in there. uh, They're building something nice there. After so many years where it just seemed like they were directionless, they're going in a direction where they're probably going to be really bad. But that's a good thing, honestly, because they needed to be bad. And especially in an absolutely stacked 2021 uh, draft class where you got Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green. There's so many. Guys that are going to be amazing out of that class and could be superstar level talents. Could be guys that are franchise players. So this makes sense and I really like the direction they're going in. I think they're finally making some smart moves. Next, I got the Minnesota Timberwolves. Obviously, got Anthony Edwards with the number one overall pick. Made complete sense, even though there were some weird things coming out about his passion for the game. And that's something that does worry me. I am worried about him being like the next Andrew Wiggins, but... I do like uh, the pick still at the end of the day because it does fill a need. Malik Beasley has been having a lot of uh, very, very concerning off-the-court stuff. So you got to get a really good guard next to Carl Anthony Towns and uh, D'Angelo Russell. And they're really going to be able to score the ball because though I have my criticisms uh, about Anthony Edwards, he can score the ball at the end of the day. And again, fits that need. They also got uh, Leandro Barmolo who I do like, uh, a guard who has really good size at 6'7", uh, has good versatility on the defensive side of the ball, is going to need some time to develop, and I don't uh, expect that we see him that much during the season. But after he develops, I think he can be very solid. Reminds me a lot of like Justice Winslow, uh, Joe Ingles. Uh, they also got Jaden McDaniels, uh, a combo 3'4", who uh, has excellent size at around 6'10", has great length, Uh, Has an impressive ability to score the ball off the dribble. Uh, Does have some attitude concerns and uh, was, I think, benched at a certain point uh, in his college year in Washington. He was a little bit disappointing, but he still is a guy with a super high ceiling. Uh, And they're just creating a team with a lot of versatility on it. Uh, They got Leandro Barmalo who can play one through three. They got Jarrett Culver, who can play one through three. Uh, They got Josh Jacogi, who can play the two and the three. They got Carl Anthony Towns, who's the best shooting big we've ever seen. They got D'Angelo Russell, uh, great in the pick and roll. Uh, can hit those tough threes. He's uh, a really good shooter. They just have a lot of different things that they can go to. I like that they addressed uh, some of their issues at the wing, and I just think they had a really good draft. Uh, they did a very, very good job in this one. And they got Ricky Rubio as well, uh, which I like that just for the veteran leadership he'll bring. He brings a certain maturity on professionalism to any team he's going to go to. So I like that pickup as well. They got a really stacked guard rotation. I think they could be a solid team next year. Next, I got the Dallas Mavericks. They had an amazing second round. Uh, They had two of my favorite picks in the entire draft. With them drafting uh, Tyler Bay and Tyrell Terry. I think it's crazy that Tyrell Terry slipped that low. Uh, I was 100% expecting him to be at least a top 25 pick. I thought his stock had raised a lot. Uh, during this extra time, but surprisingly, he went low. He's a guy who can really, really shoot the ball, has an incredible ability, can handle the ball as well, can hit uh, shots in basically any way. He can hit off the dribble, off the catch, contesting, fading away like he is a master as a shooter. Uh, reminds me a lot of Seth Curry, who they did end up trading uh, to the 76ers for Josh Richardson, which I think that's a great trade for them, especially because they got Tyrell Terry, who isn't going to be as good as Seth Curry's immediately, but fits that role and is so similar to him where uh, Seth Curry became expendable. And then you get someone in Josh Richardson who's a 3 indeed guy, can shoot the ball, can play defense, which was their biggest weakness. And then with their other second-round pick, they get Tyler Bay, who reminds me a ton of Jeremy Grant, uh, a Combo Ford, who – is a really, really good defender, versatile on that side of the ball, can block shots, uh, can play on the perimeter, and then on offense, he's going to be running the floor, uh, doing catch-and-shoot threes, and I think that's an excellent pick for them. I think the Mavericks continue to build a nearly perfect team around Luka Doncic, uh, and they're just really doing a good job. Uh, they they had an excellent draft, especially uh, considering that uh, they had their second-round picks, and then they had their 18th pick which I haven't even mentioned yet because those second round picks are so good. But at 18, they get Josh green, a guy who is going to be a good defender as well is going to be a good slasher uh, and has shown an ability at some points to hit the three ball. So it's very, very uh, good draft for them. Uh, He reminds me a lot of like uh, Gary Harris before Gary Harris is offense just completely uh, fell off the cliff. And yeah, they got three excellent players in this draft that fit their needs uh, and make them a better defensive team while keeping that offense really good, I think they killed it this draft. Next, talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder, I uh, absolutely love the Pokusevski pick. Though Pokusevski may be nothing in the league, with the direction that the Oklahoma City Thunder are going in, it makes complete sense for them to take a super high ceiling guy in Pokusevski, who could be nothing in the league, but if he can be good, he's going to be a really, really nice player. Someone who can shoot the ball, can handle the ball, can pass. He can do everything. It's basically all about the uh, physical attributes. He's 7 foot, like 200 pounds. That's really, really concerning. So he needs to put on weight desperately, which could lead uh, to some injuries and could lead to uh, just him being bullied around. So uh, definitely as a Thunder... Fan, do not expect uh Pokusevsky to play this year at all. I think there's almost no chance. I think he develops in the G League. Uh, you put a ton of focus into him developing his body, you put him on a strict diet where he's eating a ton of calories, he's in the gym a lot, and I think that can work. I just love taking such a high ceiling guy and taking a bit of a risk on someone like that. And then Theo Melodon in the second round, a great pick. Uh, I think he can be a really nice either quality starting point guard or really good backup. Uh, reminds me a bit of like George Hill. He he just does a bit of everything, can play, make, can play defense. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good fit alongside Shea Gilder's alexander Neither of them are like the best creators, but I think that will make a nice backcourt where both of them are good defenders. Uh, both of them can score the ball. Theo is definitely a bit of a better playmaker. Uh, they also drafted uh, Vic Krejcik. Uh, I think that's how you say it. I don't really know much about him, if I'm being completely honest, but he's a 6'8", uh point guard out of Spain. Yeah, I, I really didn't know uh, anything about him going into the draft, so I don't really have much to speak on with that draft. But I, I think the Thunder did a great job. Again, love the Pokizoski pick, and I love the Theo Melodon pick. Next, talking about the 76ers, they absolutely killed it in this draft. Did such an amazing job. Uh, Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Where they got him at 21, absolute steal, probably the biggest steal of the draft. Uh, I think it's wild that Tyrese Maxey slipped that low. I had him going 15 in my mock, and I thought he could have gone even earlier. So getting him such a talented player at 21 is amazing for them. And he really fits that team. They need more shot creation. Uh, And he immediately brings that off the bench, someone who can be just a spark plug and an energy guy for them. Uh, I don't think he's going to be like crazy his rookie season, but he's going to be a nice scorer off the bench who uh, can bring a little bit more ball handling and playmaking, which they definitely needed. Uh, And then they had a really good second round as well. Getting Isaiah Joe at 49 is an absolute steal. Though Isaiah Joe did have a bit of a disappointing last college season, he can really, really shoot the ball. He's a bit erratic, uh, a bit of like uh, J.R. Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr. type of player, uh, but someone I'm confident that could honestly make an immediate impact for them. Even if his efficiency isn't great, he's going to have a night one night. Where he's just going off. He's hitting contested shots. And you're going to see the value in someone like Isaiah Joe. So I love that fit. I love them just getting as many shooters on their roster as possible. And then at 58, they get an incredible pick in Paul Reed. Someone who I had going in the early second round. And had him at, around that value. I think that's an amazing pick for them. Someone who has good size. Can run the floor. Can shoot the ball a little bit as well. Uh, can play some like small ball five. I think Paul Reed is an amazing pick for them. And then you add on top that they unloaded the Al Horford contract and got Danny Green in return, which obviously doesn't involve the draft, but uh, just going along with that, they get another shooter in Danny Green who, though, was uh, terrible for the Lakers in that playoff run. He is still a good defender and can still shoot the ball at times. So I just think the 76ers have been doing an amazing job uh, these, these past, like, week. Daryl Morey, you see his impact already Uh, And, yeah, he's completely turning this franchise around after a really, really disappointing season. Uh, They had an amazing draft, made some good trades, and uh, I like where they're going. Next, talking about the Kings, I think the Kings honestly had by far the most underrated draft. I feel like not many people are talking about how just good of a draft they had. So, at 12, you get Tyrese Halliburton. Absolute steal. Tyrese Halliburton, uh, I had him going six to the Atlanta Hawks. I think that's such a great pick to get Tyrese Halliburton that low, a uh, guy who can fit next to De'Aaron Fox, especially with uh, the Buddy Heald situation being so up in the air with the whole crazy uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich situation. That That is just wild what happened there. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen with him. But you get someone who can shoot the ball, uh, can handle it as well. Handle needs to improve if he wants to become a better shot creator. Uh, He's one of those guys who, though he doesn't really have that high of a ceiling, I'm so high on his floor and I'm so confident in him just being a very, very good and valuable piece on any team he's going to be on. He reminds me a bit of like Malcolm Brogdon, Lonzo Ball. Uh, Just a versatile point guard who is super well-rounded. Literally, other than uh, shot-creating and ball-handling, he's basically got everything down. He can uh, catch and shoot. He can shoot off the dribble even sometimes. Uh, He can really defend as well. Puts in a lot of effort on that side of the ball. He has excellent size and length. Like, he's uh, such a well-rounded prospect who's going to be really good for them. They get Robert Woodard at pick 40, who I had uh, going in the first round. I had him... Uh, as a late first-round value, I think that's an excellent pick. A 3 and D guy reminds me a ton of O.G. Ananobi. Uh, can really, really play uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Has great size and length and competes really hard on that end. Uh, is an excellent one-on-one defender. And then his shot, even though it was on limited attempts, uh, was really good in his past season at Mississippi State. So I think that's an excellent pick for them. And at 43, you get Jamius Ramsey, who I had going 21 to the 76ers. Another one of the biggest steals in the entire draft, Jamius Ramsey can really shoot the ball. Though he he's a lot in the same vein as Isaiah Joe. They remind me a ton of each other. Super erratic players, kinda like J.R. Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., just flamethrowers who, though, are gonna have some really ugly nights are going to have a lot of good nights as well where they're super impactful for your team. So I think the Kings did a phenomenal job. They had by far the most underrated draft in my opinion, and they had one of the best drafts as a whole. I'm absolutely in love with all three of their picks, and hopefully this can lead them in a good direction because last season was super disappointing for them. Uh, Next... Winner, We got the Washington Wizards. Uh, they basically are winner of the draft alone for me. For getting Den- Denny Avdia at number 9, I think that's an absolute steal. I'm shocked neither of the Bulls or Cavaliers draft him. Uh, you get a guy who can play make, who can play defense, uh, who's a really smart player, uh, can move off the ball. And though his shot needs to come along, his shot needs to be better, he's basically set and everywhere else he has great size uh he's really versatile can do a bunch of different things on both sides of the ball Uh, and i just love that fit especially because they need some help at the wing he actually reminds me a lot of their one of their current wings in troy brown jr kind of has that point forward ability both are really good playmakers Uh, and i'm just absolutely in love with that uh pick for them they couldn't let that slide at number nine it was shocking that he was even there I thought there was no chance he was going to slide past four to the Bulls. I thought it made way too much sense. But, hey, they got an excellent pick in that. Uh, They also got Cassius Winston, who can be a nice backup point guard for them at 53. A super smart guy. Uh, can shoot the ball, competes hard, uh, and he's just a really good locker room guy. They need someone to replace Ish Smith as the backup point guard of the future. Uh, that was one of the places I wanted to see Cassius Winston go. So I think they nailed it on both of their draft picks. They did an excellent job, got two good values, and got two good players on that team uh, that can help them win now but are also going to be a nice piece for them in the future. Uh, next winner, we got the San Antonio Spurs. They almost always have a good draft. Uh, they got Devin Vassell at number eleven. I think that's great value for him. I'd him as my eighth best player. A really good three and D guy uh, who has shown some ability to do a little bit more. Reminds me, of, he's in the similar vein of like Chris Middleton, especially if he improves his ability to create his own shot. He could definitely be a Chris Middleton type player. And I think with a team like the San Antonio Spurs, he can uh, just slide in. When DeMar DeRozan leaves, he can be the three of their future. But he can be a backup for now. Uh, They do have a pretty loaded uh, guard rotation, so he's going to have good guards next to him that can uh, playmake for him, can get him open. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be running off screens. He's going to be competing hard on defense, and I think he's going to earn every single minute he gets. Uh, I just love that fit a ton. And Florida State and San Antonio kind of remind me of each other. Uh, They mirror in the ways of their teams that are never like super reliant on one guy, especially now with the Spurs where they don't have that star guy. So I think he's just going to slide in and fit perfectly. And then you got Trey Jones in the second round. That's such a San Antonio Spurs type pick. A smart guy who can handle the ball, who can play make, works well in the pick and roll, uh, has a nice little mid-range shot, needs to work on the three-point shot for sure. But I like that pick as well, even though they do have a lot of guards. uh, He could just be a nice guy who can come in. Uh, and bring some valuable minutes at the backup point guard position. And that's what you're looking for in the second round. Guys that can just make an impact off the bench and guys that are good for your locker room. So, yeah, I think they did an excellent job uh, in this draft. Next, talking about the Warriors, I feel like they had a bit of an underrated draft. Obviously, drafted James Wiseman at number two. Uh, made complete sense get a guy who can run the floor, uh, who is going to be able to block shots immediately, has ridiculous size, one, crazy length, uh, has all the physical attributes in the world. I'm worried about a couple things with him. Needs to develop as a playmaker a lot. Needs to develop his uh, ball handling ability. If he's going to continue to shoot the ball as much as he does, he needs to become a better shooter. But the, the framework is definitely there, and he's going to be one of those guys who can come in and make an immediate impact right away from them. And then they get Nico Mannion at 48, who can be a backup point guard for them, uh, can handle the ball, can really, really play make. He is an excellent playmaker, one of the better ones in this draft. Uh, shot needs to come along for sure. That was the biggest thing. That's why he's going so low, uh, is that shooting was really concerning. Overall, he was super inefficient in his one season uh, at Arizona, uh, but he can play make. He uh, competes on the defensive side of the ball, though being undersized. Uh, So I like that pick. And then they get uh, Justaney and Jessup, who I didn't really know much about going into the draft, but I did a little bit of research on him. Uh, He played on the team with the ball. I actually heard from someone that they said he was going to be the Duncan Robinson of this class. Can really, really shoot the ball. Is ridiculous as a shooter. And obviously that's super valuable in the Warriors. They always... Uh, Love guys who could shoot the ball, and that's just valuable in the modern NBA as a whole, especially with Klay Thompson going down. He's going to be a guy who's going to come in and probably play some minutes for this team because though they've always been the team that's known for shooting, if you look up and down that roster, it's like Eric Pascal isn't a good shooter, Draymond Green isn't a good shooter, uh, James Wiseman isn't a good shooter, Andrew Wiggins is pretty average as a shooter. Uh, There's just not much good shooting on that roster, surprisingly enough. So I think he can be uh, come in and be an impact player for them. So getting him that low is definitely uh, a big W for them. And overall, I think they did an excellent job in the gra- draft. I loved what they did with their second round picks. And I love what they did with that second overall pick. Talking about my last winner of the 2020 NBA draft, we got the Memphis Grizzlies. They've just killed it for these past couple of years. They've done such an excellent job. And I got to give all the props in the world to them. Uh, for what they've done these past couple of years. They get Desmond Bain at number 30, one of the biggest steals of the entire draft. I'm shocked he slipped that low. Uh, in literally like every mock draft I did, I had him go into the Dallas Mavericks at 18. While I do like the Josh Green pick, I thought it just made too much sense for them to get a guy like Desmond Bain. And then when he slipped past uh, them, I was like, oh, maybe a team like the uh Let's say the Denver Nuggets will get him. There's no way he's going to slip almost into the second round, and he did. They uh, traded with the Celtics, got that uh, pick, and drafted a really good player in Desmond Bain. Can play defense, compete super hard on that side of the ball, and is strong as hell. One of the stronger guards in this entire draft. Can finish at the basket due to that strength. uh, Can shoot the ball very, very well. Uh, And basically, other than creating his own shot and his age, he doesn't really have many weaknesses to his game. He is an older player who is never going to be a lead guy for you. But as someone who is either going to be a really, really solid starter or an excellent bench piece, I think that's an amazing pick for them uh and he's gonna come in and make an immediate impact for a team that's gonna be looking to make the playoffs next year so i think desmond bain is a killer pick for them and then uh, at 35 they got xavier, uh, xavier tillman which i think is another really really good pick a super high iq guy who's an excellent passer for a big man uh can play defense is uh, really big really strong uh, and I just like that fit a ton he played with Darren Jackson Jr. a couple of years ago they already have that relationship he can be the backup center of the future for them uh, I think Gorgie Dang is their current backup center and obviously you don't want that so you get a guy who can come in and another guy who can immediately help for them a super cerebral player and I just think that's a great pick and that's why the Grizzlies are my last winner of the 2020 NBA draft now, moving on to my draft losers, this is a much more short list, as I feel like almost uh, basically everyone killed it in this uh, 2020 NBA draft and did a great job, but a team that made a very questionable move that had a lot of people scratching their heads, including my own, was the Chicago Bulls. Now, I do actually like Patrick Williams quite a lot as a player, and I'm definitely going to give him a chance, because I think he can be good. I'm not just going to immediately discredit this pick completely and say it's a horrible pick but at number four i feel like taking a player like patrick williams who though being again very very uh high potential he can be one of the better players in the entire class i just am not that confident in his floor to be honest he's a guy who is super strong he's gonna have a great build already coming into the nba 6'8 225 uses that strength to the advantage uh, is already a very solid defender Uh, Can handle the ball a little bit, play in the pick and roll at the four, can play make pretty well, uh, but... I just don't know about Patrick Williams and how he's going to develop on a team, especially like the Chicago Bulls, where they already have a bit of a log jam in the front court. And I really, really like Lowry Markkinen. That's why they're honestly the biggest loser to me, is because I'm a big fan of Lowry Markkinen. I thought he was going to have a breakout season next year. And you could say Patrick Williams could play the three, which I mean, theoretically he can, but in the modern NBA, I think he fits much better. As a four, so getting him this high when I think you already have a player that could be your franchise four, is just a big, is just a big uh, head scratcher. And again, I think Patrick Williams is going to be a good player. Uh, I just wouldn't take him this high. I had him about uh, fifteen on my big board. And I know he was uh, rising up in the ranks a lot. Uh, and I would have also tried to trade down if I were them. But I did hear uh, they tried to trade down and it just wasn't there. So I'm not really going to discredit them for that. At the end of the day, you should take your guy. But, and I'm not, the, I'm not the expert here. I'm just a basketball fan who did my own scouting. And I uh, watched a lot of film on these guys. But at the end of the day, they're the scouts. I just think when someone like Denny of is there who fits so many of your weaknesses just perfectly, you need more playmaking, you need a winged up desperately especially at that three particularly i just think it's weird to pass up on someone like that who i think is a lot more of a sure prospect than patrick williams because patrick williams is definitely a bit of a project where you're drafting him more for the physical tools than anything obviously he does have some intriguing skills but the main reason you're drafting him is because he's super strong he has great length already like, he has all the physical tools in the world to be a good player. I just need to see that skill develop. And I, again, think he can be a good player. Just think it was a bit of a weird pick. Uh, and I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of it. It definitely could work out, but I just didn't really like that pick. Now, number two, we got the New Orleans Pelicans. I actually really, really like Kira Lewis as a player. He was honestly one of my favorites. Uh, in this entire NBA draft, it reminds me of like Dennis Schroeder a lot. Super fast, uh, can really really get out and run the floor, which definitely fits the Pelicans style. Uh, can shoot the ball as well, can play make. I really wanted him to go to my Celtics. In fact, I I had him mocked there, and I thought that would have been an excellent pick for them. But just with the current circumstances of this Pelicans team, I think it's so weird to draft yet another guard because in the Drew Holiday trade, which we will talk about later, you get two point. Guard in that. And obviously those players aren't going to be like uh, pieces to stay there, especially someone like Eric Bledsoe. They're probably going to try and get literally anything out of him. Uh, maybe even have to give up a pick to get rid of that contract. But you also got George Hill can, who can already be a solid enough backup point guard. So it's just a big head scratcher why you would uh, draft Kira Lewis this high when you have Lonzo Ball, you have George Hill, and you have Eric Bledsoe on your roster. Uh, it's just very, very weird. I don't understand it. Maybe the shows a lack of belief in Lonzo Ball, or maybe they were just completely in love with Kyra Lewis and thought he was the perfect prospect, which I could understand because, again, I think he's really good. But especially when there's such a... uh, so many other prospects there that I think would fit better and would be more of a sure guy for them. I think it's weird. I think Aaron Nesmith would have been an amazing pick for them. Aaron Nesmith is someone who's going to come in and he's going to immediately be able to shoot the hell out of the ball. Uh, I'm super happy that he's on my Celtics. Because he is just going to be an immediate uh, impact as a shooter. And that's what they need. They need as many shooters as possible that around Zion. No matter how good he gets as a shooter, he's never going to be a great shooter. And you're, he's even if he becomes a pretty good shooter, he's going to be maximized while attacking the basket with shooters around him. So I think it's so weird for them to pass up on someone like that to get yet another point guard. Definitely a weird decision. Definitely a head-scratcher from the new Orleans Pelicans. And my last loser of the 2020 NBA draft, we got the Houston Rockets. I am so confused at what the Houston Rockets are doing. So they trade Robert Covington, another thing we will talk about later, for two first-round picks. They get the 16th pick in this draft. And I'm like, okay, cool. They can get someone like Sadiq Bey there, a guy who kind of is a little bit like Robert Covington, is a 3 or 4 who can do a bit of everything, who could slide in and immediately be a solid player on that team, whether they're trying to win now or whether they're going into a rebuild. But then they trade that to get Trevor Ariza and uh, a Detroit Pistons future pick. So it's like, okay, uh, you're trying to save money like it makes sense you're trying to get uh, off of that Trevor Ariza contract and you get a future pick from the Pistons so it's like that's a bit of a weird move for sure I would have liked them to stay at 16 and make the pick but if you wanted to get rid of that contract if you want to get cap flexibility their owner has kind of came out and talked a lot about Uh, the contracts and how they want to cut down on money so it makes complete sense uh, in that aspect but then you buy a second round pick from the Pistons in 2021 for five million dollars like what are you doing I you just completely contradicted your thing about saving money by buying a second round pick for five million dollars it's just so head-scratching what they're doing over there and now they like want to keep James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Then why are you getting the players that complement those guys perfectly out of the building? Like Robert Covington is the pitcher perfect player along those two uh, along those two guys, and you would get solid value for him. Don't get me wrong, but then you want to keep them. Like if you're gonna trade a guy like Robert Covington for what they got and that means you're getting those two guys out of the building. So I'm just so confused what the Houston Rockets are doing and what direction they're going in. So that's why I had him as uh, one of my biggest losers, even though they only made one pick, which was in the second round, which was Kenyon Martin Jr., which I think is a cool pick. A really athletic, uh, raw four who can shoot the ball as well and has some uh, potential, has some upside. But, yeah, that's why I had him as one of my biggest losers. I'm just more confused at what they're doing than anything. Now talking about my best picks of the 2020 NBA drafts. First starting off, number 1, we got Killian Hayes at number 7 going to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I just think this is such an excellent pick. Need a point guard of the future, they need someone to run pick and rolls with the new big men they got. Uh, and I just think that's absolutely perfect. Killian Hayes is one of my favorite prospects in this draft. Reminds me a ton of D'Angelo Russell slash Goran Drogic. A lefty who's really creative, can pass the ball, has a, has the ability to hit those step backs, uh, works well in the pick and roll. A uh, bit of a do-it-all point guard. Also uh, puts an effort on the defensive side of the ball, which is very important. Uh, and I just like that pick a ton for the Detroit Pistons. It's why, what I had mocked and what I had expected. So it's not like it's uh, crazy, unexpected, just oh someone slid to you and it's a great pick but i think it's just such a good pick at where they're at uh, excellent stuff from them uh, getting killian hayes to be their point guard of the future i think that's really really good for them next uh at number two we got danny of dia going number nine to the washington wizards i think that's an amazing pick uh i had him as a top five prospect in this draft i thought he is just so so good uh though the shooting is super concerning, he does basically everything else. He plays hard on the defensive side of the ball, is really smart there as well, has crazy length and size with him being 6'9. Uh can on the offensive side of the ball, can really play make, especially out in transition, a really good uh player in transition, moves super well off the ball, super good cutter, uh rebounds well he does just a bit of everything as and again as long as that shot comes along he is going to be such a good player Uh, and i love the fit they need help at the wing position so i think it's absolutely perfect getting someone like that uh at number nine at a position that i think almost nobody thought he was going to be at uh but he did slide to them he slid past multiple teams that i feel like could could have used him uh and they got a really good one in that next Uh, Tyrese Halburn going number 12 to the Kings. Uh, I think that's a crazy good value for them. They get someone who can do basically everything out there on the floor except be a big time uh, shot creator for himself. I think he's going to be a really good fit alongside De'Aaron Fox uh, in the backcourt. They have a super well rounded one there. They both can play make. Tyrese Talburn is a much better shooter. They both can play defense very well as well. Any backcourt who's going against them is going to be scared. Uh, They needed some help at the guard position uh, because Buddy Heald is most likely going to get traded. He's been super unhappy there. Uh, I think he's someone who could come in and immediately help them there. A really high IQ guy uh, who's just super well-rounded and does everything. I love that pick a ton next at number four I got uh, Alexis Pokusevsky going 17 to the thunder this isn't a crazy value pick I had him around here on uh, my big board I had him uh, 18th actually but I just love this fit so much uh, the Thunder were a big team rumored around Pokusevsky for a long, long time. Uh, it was very obvious that they definitely wanted him. And I just think this makes way too much sense. Their team that's going towards a tanking direction. Uh, they've traded away basically all their really, really good pieces. So I think it makes a ton of sense to get a super high ceiling guy in Pokusevsky. Someone who has so much potential. Though he is one of those guys who could be out of the league in like a couple years. I could also see him being one of the best, (laughs) Plus, me, I could also see him being one of the best players in this entire draft just because of his insane skill set, needs to develop his body desperately, 7 foot, about 200 pounds, that's just, he's an absolute twig, even like when Porzingis was coming into a league, uh, and he definitely needed to put on weight, It's a whole other level with Pokusevsky. He's so underdeveloped as far as his body. They're going to need to put him in the G League. They're going to need to put him on a diet where he's eating a ridiculous amount of calories. Uh, He's in the gym constantly. Like They're going to need to do a lot of things to cater to him to make him the player he can be. But if he does reach that potential... Uh, there's no better pick than this. This is an excellent pick for them, and I just think it's the perfect fit. I think it makes so much sense, Uh, and I absolutely love Pokusevsky. Going number 17 to the Oklahoma City Thunder. At number 5, I got Tyrese Maxey going 21 to the 76ers. One of the biggest steals in the entire draft. It's crazy that he went uh, 21. He was number 13, I think, on my big board. A guy who can really, really score the ball, uh, can shoot off the dribble, can shoot off the... Uh, catch he can almost just do everything on the offensive side of the ball needs to improve his finishing a little bit needs to improve as a playmaker also competes on the defensive side of the ball uh, and he's going to be next to uh, a guy in ben simmons who's going to get him uh, involves plenty and he's going to be on a team where they need uh, explosive scoring coming off the bench. So getting a guy who is just going to come in and straight up just give you buckets at 21 when most people had him as either a lottery pick or just outside of the lottery, I think that's excellent value for uh, them as far as player, as far as fit. It all makes so much sense getting Tyrese Maxey there. Next, I got Desmond Bain going 30 to the Grizzlies. Their team that's going to have a lot of uh, other teams competing with them for that A seed uh, going into the Western Conference playoffs next year. So, getting a guy who can come in, make an immediate impact on both sides of the ball is going to be a great shooter. Immediately, is going to be able to finish at the basket off cuts. Is uh, going to be a really good defender as well, who uses his strength, uh, his smarts, and his size to be a a really good individual and team defender. Uh, he he is a four-year player so though his ceiling is limited that also means he does have a pretty high floor he's going to be an immediately good player for them and I think he's going to be super valuable for the Grizzlies next year we're going to see him playing big rotation minutes from the first game of the season all the way to the end Uh, an excellent pick great value had him at number 18 on my big board I think it's crazy that he went this low Uh, on yeah I just think it's an excellent pick for them uh, number seven, I got Tyrell Terry going 31 to the Mavericks. Another guy who slid a ton. Him and Desmond Bain went way lower than I expected them to. Uh, and I think they're both huge time steals. I had Tyrell Terry as a top. I think 16 or 15 player on my big board. I'm in love with Tyrell Terry's game. He reminds me of a much better version of Seth Curry. And Seth Curry is already really good. Has like the highest three-point percentage in NBA history. Tyrell Terry can really shoot the ball off the catch, off the dribble, uh, with a defender in his face uh leaning he can just shoot the ball from everywhere he can shoot from deep he's also a guy who has a pretty nice handle uh can work in the pick and roll competes on the defensive side of the ball plays really hard and smart on that side he's going to come into a team with the Mavericks where he's going to be maximized. He's going to be getting open catch-and-shoot opportunities from Luka Doncic. He can also relieve some of the pressure off Luka Doncic with him being the secondary ball handler. They're not going to ask him to do too much, but I think he's going to have a defined role day one on that team. And that's just to shoot the ball and bring some uh, secondary ball handling to them. Uh, And I absolutely love that fit. I think it's perfect. Uh, Next, we got the second uh, Mavericks pick in the second round. Uh, I got ty- Tyler Bay. Uh, going 36 to them is crazy for me. He, I'm much higher than ty- on Tyler Bay than o- than almost anybody else that I've seen. I looked at a ton of other big boards just out of my own personal interest. Uh, and a lot of people had him at like 30, 40 range. I had him as like a top 20, 20 to 24-ish prospect, I'm pretty sure. I just love his game. Reminds me a ton of Jeremy Grant, a combo forward who... Uh, Can do just a lot of different things, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Plays really hard on that end. Is a really smart player. Can block shots. Racks up steals. A good individual and team defender. Is just someone who is, uh, you know, is going to be a good defender no matter what. Due to that size. Due to the smarts. He brings everything you want on the defensive side of the ball. And then on offense, though him being still a bit of a raw player, he's going to be a player that can slash to the basket. Especially off cuts. Uh, He's going to get fed by Luka Doncic. He's going to be a player who can catch uh, lobs in transition and he's going to be a player who's going to stand in the corner and get open catch and shoe opportunities. His uh, shooting may even be a little bit inflated because he's going to get a lot of those from Luca who is just one of the best at hitting those guys uh, that are in the corner in the entire league. Uh, I think the Mavericks are such a perfect fit. They've developed so many guys who've came out of nowhere. Uh, and Tyrell Terry, Tyler Bay, two amazing picks for them who are I think are both going to make an impact this season. I also love him being a defensive guy as well uh, with them struggling so much on defense last year. They had the best offense in NBA history statistically. So getting more defensive pieces like Tyler Bay it shows a really good direction. I think that's excellent for them. Uh, next, we got Robert Woodard going 40 to the Kings. Reminds me, ton of OG on an OB, 3 and D guy, who basically only does that. He's a really good individual defender who has uh, excellent length and plays super hard on that end. Is uh, really smart as well, uses his strength to his advantage. To stop uh, offensive players from getting by him. Also, a good team defender who's a high IQ guy. And then on offense, he's never going to be someone who's going to wow you necessarily. But the good thing about him is that he definitely knows his role. He's never going to go outside of himself. He's never going to be taking some dumb shot. He's just going to be a guy who's uh, standing in the corner, cutting to the basket, running out in transition, just doing all the little stuff. And I think that's. Uh, An excellent pick for them. They killed it in this draft. And my next guy is another guy they drafted. Jamius Ramsey at 43. A flamethrower who can really shoot the ball. Is just super confident. Reminds me a lot of like Tim Hardaway Jr. And though those players can be super frustrating to watch. And I know because I watched plenty of Dallas Mavericks game last year. Sometimes uh, those guys are just a non-impact. And are negative when they're taking bad shots and on the offense. But when those guys catch on fire... They're really hard to guard, and they can be super impactful on the offense, so I think that's an excellent pick. I think that's a great value, much lower than I expected him to go, and yeah, I just love it. Uh, Next, we got uh, the Warriors getting Nico Mannion at 48. I was a lot lower on Nico Mannion than I feel like a lot of people who were covering the draft were, but even this I think is a great pick for them. Uh, they get someone who's going to be a really good playmaker day one. That's definitely his most impressive uh, skill is t- his ability to handle the ball and uh, facilitate hit open teammates. He, de- he competes on the defensive side of the ball, though being a bit undersized. Uh, he really plays hard and is a, uh, almost, I'd say, a plus or at least an average defender on on that. Uh, someone who needs a shot to develop, but they've developed so many guys into being uh, good shooters uh, throughout the year, so I'm confident. That he can do that. And if he's going to be able to do that, I don't ever think he's going to be a great like starting point guard. But I think he can be a really good backup point guard. Uh, I think that's uh, an excellent pick for them. Uh, next, we got the 76ers. Another one of their picks. They drafted Isaiah Joe at 49. I think that's crazy value for them. Someone who uh, can shoot the ball really, really well. A flamethrower, again, reminds me a ton of Jameis Ramsey. Uh, and he's going to be someone who takes bad shots at times, but can also just catch on fire. And there's going to be a night where he hits like eight threes and everybody's going to be like, whoa, who is this kid? And I think he can be a player who's immediately impactful off that 76ers bench. They just killed it in this draft. Uh, next, I got Cassius Stanley going 54 to the Pacers. I think that's crazy value. Cassius Stanley is someone who I imagine to go in around the 40 range. So getting him at 54 is just great for them. Reminds me a lot of a former uh, Pacer player in Glenn Glenn Robinson III, a guy who can really slash to the basket, has a crazy vertical. I think he had a 43-inch vertical or 44-inch vertical. Uh, When he tested it at Duke, Uh, just a ridiculous athlete who's going to be super fun on the fast break. Uh, He can also shoot the ball pretty well and then competes on the defensive side of the ball with a solid uh, length as well. Has all the tools to be a good defender. So he's just a well-rounded 3 and D player who uh, I think is going to be valuable for whatever team he goes to. And with the Pacers lacking a bit of wing depth uh, with Jeremy Lamb suffering that super bad knee injury where I swear he hurt literally everything in his knee. I think that's an excellent pick for them. Get someone who can be immediately impactful. And, yeah, really, really good stuff from them. Uh, if, uh, if next, I got Reggie Perry going 57 to the Brooklyn Nets. They need help at that four position desperately. So getting someone like Reggie Perry who can come in, make an immediate impact as a guy who's going to run the floor, he can rebound very well, can block shots. Uh, and can shoot the ball decently. I think that's excellent for them. I think uh, day one, he honestly could be a late rotation guy for them. So getting someone like that at 57 is so, so good. I would have drafted Reggie Perry if I was a team much higher. I really like Reggie Perry's prospect item around the 30-ish range, and I just think that's an amazing pick for them. Uh, and lastly, we got Paul Reed going 58 to the 76ers. They just murdered it this draft. Uh, another guy, he's uh, pretty similar to Reggie Perry. Uh, just an athletic four who runs the floor, rebounds well. Uh, shot needs to develop, but it isn't uh, terrible by any means. I think he shot around 32% from three in college. Uh, I may be mixing that up, but I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, and he's just going to fill a role as an energy guy off the bench for them. Uh, and the, uh, just another guy who I could see early in his career making an impact even though he was drafted so so late nearly the last pick in the draft so that's a killer pick for them next talking about my worst picks in the 2020 NBA draft first we got Patrick Williams going number four uh, to the Bulls uh, I had a pretty big ramble about this earlier but getting it out in shorter thoughts I think he's a four in his career uh, and I like Larry Markin in a ton so I don't understand that they already have Wendell Carter too uh, and Lowry Markkinen can't play the small ball five because he's just not a good enough rim protector. So it's not like they can both play together. Uh, he may be forced to play small forward, which is going to hurt him, or they're going to have to trade Lowry Markkinen, which I think would be a mistake because I think Lowry Markkinen is a really good player who was limited by a terrible coach in Jim Boylan last year. Uh, we saw him have some amazing flashes in the previous season. He had that February where he averaged like 22-10. and 10. He averaged I think 18-9 and nine on the season was excellent. So I think uh, getting Patrick Williams kind of shows you're giving up on Larry Markkinen, which is really weird. Or you're going to force Patrick Williams to play out of position, which doesn't help him either. And he's one of those players who's definitely more of a project than this draft, though I like him quite a lot as a project uh with his already amazing physical attributes he's gonna need a lot of his skills develop that shot absolutely must come along and the shot form isn't great the ball handling though being uh, decent he isn't a great uh, personal shot creator for himself so yeah i'm just not the biggest fan of that pick to be honest uh, next i got kira lewis going 13 it's another one where i like the player i just don't like the fit on the team I actually wanted Kyra Lewis to go to my Boston Celtics. I would have absolutely loved him to slide uh, to 13. And I thought the guy who the Celtics drafted at 14 would have been the perfect fit for the Pelicans. I thought 100%. Uh, when the draft board shaped up like it did they were gonna get Aaron Nesmith someone who can really shoot the ball is the best shooter in this entire draft shot 52 percent from three in his most recent season in college though that was on a somewhat limited sample size I'm really confident in this shot uh translating and when you have someone like Zion Williamson who's a dominant president Uh, presence on the interior who needs shooting around him. I just don't understand why you pass up on someone like him when you already have such a logjam at the point guard position, having three point guards who deserve to get minutes in Lonzo Ball, uh, Eric Bledsoe, and uh, George Hill. So it's just so, so weird. And it's not even like you can be like, oh, well, he'll play the two. They also have a lot of minutes uh, at the two. They did uh, trade a, trade Drew Holiday, which frees up a little bit of minutes at the two. But you still have J.J. Redick. You still have Josh Hart. You have Nikhil Ex- Alexander-Walker, who kind of suffered from the symptom that I feel like Kyra Lewis might suffer from this year of just not really getting that much opportunity. And if you don't completely take advantage of that opportunity – then he's just going to be kind of forgotten about. So I just don't like this pick really much at all. Cause I like Lonzo ball a ton. Uh, I love his ability to uh, play make, especially in the open court. I love his ability on the defensive side of the ball. And I think on offense, though, he is a terrible finisher, a terrible free throw shooter needs to improve at creating his own shot. He uh, did show an impressive ability to shoot the ball, especially off catch and shoots, even was able to hit some of those step back threes. So if you, uh, put him next to another guy who can get, handle the ball and that may be their vision in that you you may uh, envision Lonzo Ball as a two more in his career which would make more more sense but you still have a solidified point guard so it's just a weird pick for them uh, though I like Kyra Lewis a ton as a player don't get me wrong I like almost I like most of these players uh, as players it's just the is a little bit weird for a lot of these guys uh, but next a player that I'm not a fan of uh, number th- Number three, I got Isaiah Stewart going 16 to the Pistons. I think this is way too high for him. I had him at around 40 on my big board. I just don't like Isaiah Stewart that much, though he was a really uh, coveted high school player who went to Washington, who I swear literally any coveted high school player do not go to Washington. Same thing happened with Jaden McDaniels, where they were both such uh, high profile players out of high school, and they both uh, fell a ton in people's minds. And I had him going in the second round. So you trade, first of all, you trade uh, to get this pick. And then you select Isaiah Stewart. And I know they got Sadiq Bey uh, later, three picks later. But I was like, oh, they're probably going to draft Sadiq Bey here. That's like the perfect fit. And they drafted him. It, I just think it's so, so weird. He is a, a guy who does some really nice things. He's super strong. Uh, has, I think, a seven four wingspan. Uh, can protect the rim. Can play in the post. Uh, but he's just kind of a traditional big. He doesn't have a lot of those skills that are super uh, translatable to being a great big in the modern NBA. I think he's going to be a solid, really nice uh, rotation big, but not anything special enough to take him at number 16. I just think it's weird to pick for them. And at number four, I got uh, Zeke Naji going uh, 22 to the Nuggets. This pick confused me a ton. This and the Isaiah Stewart pick were my two just like, huh? Picks, I was so confused by them. Uh, and this one just strictly comes from, I think, Isaiah Stewart i'm not as a sewer i think uh zinaji is a center so why are you drafting a center at 22 and i know you could be like oh well they need a backup to Jokic. honestly backup centers are so replaceable that you can get someone like uh Nerland's noel for a minimum contract you already have mason plumley on your roster who is one of the better backup centers in the league i don't think zinaji is a four at all Uh, I think having two near seven footers uh, on your lineup, unless they're like truly, truly special guys, is a disaster and you already lack a little bit of speed. Uh, with a, a guy like Michael Porter Jr. So I just think it's such a weird fit for them to get him at 22. Because if you wanted to back up big, I think there would have been a lot available in the second round. You could get like a Daniel Toro. You could get a Xavier Tillman, who I, I like a more than pros, Morris Prospects than Zeke Nagy. He does bring some nice skills, can rebound the ball, can run the floor, can block shots, had uh, shown a little bit of shooting potential. But yeah, this, this pick was a real... Head scratcher to me and confused me a ton. Next, talking about Peyton Pritchard going 26 to the Celtics. It's not even that I think he's that bad of a player. Uh, He can create his own shot, can really shoot the ball is a really good leader as well, plays super hard on the defensive side of the ball, uh, though being undersized, can play make as well. I just think with the options here, it's so confusing for the Celtics to draft Payton. They probably just like his character a lot, and I like his character a ton too. I think he's a super good guy who's going to be great in the locker room. But when Tyrell Terry is there, I have no clue how you pass on Tyrell Terry for Payton Pritchard who I think is a much worse prospect than Tyrell Terry. Uh, There was almost like a 30-spot difference in my big board between those two guys. And Peyton Pritchard's a senior as well, so it's even more confusing. When Tyrell Terry, I think, is already the better player, and he's younger as well. And it's not like uh, either one of them are... Uh, crazy different in size from each other I think they're both about 6-1 Tyrell Terry might even be bigger as uh, far as weight. so it's just a really really confusing pick uh, my last one I got Yudoka Azubuke going 27 uh, to the Utah Jazz uh, it's again with that uh, thing of being of backup big men being so expendable and it's not even just that, because 27, it's like, oh, I guess I could understand. But I'm not a fan of Yudoka Zubuke's prospect at all. He's a four-year player who really, though having incredible physical attributes, can jump out of the gym for someone his size. He had like 30. Uh, 30- Like, 8-inch vertical at the draft combine, which for someone his size is ridiculous. Uh, And he has crazy size. He has a super long wingspan, is ridiculously strong. Like, he has all the physical attributes in the world, but I'm just not a fan of his skill really that much. I don't think he's a skillful basketball player. Uh, He's so, so raw as a prospect, and he still has so much development to do. Showed no ability to hit any shots outside of the paint. Shot 44% from the free throw line, which is just absolutely abysmal uh, didn't show any ability as a playmaker like he's just that super traditional uh, run the floor get rebounds block shots center and you already have Rudy Gobert as your starter who's going to be playing heavy minutes so you're going to get someone who uh, plays like 13 minutes a game at 27 I just don't really like that at all like they, I, And I know they traded Tony Bradley, but you could have just kept Tony Bradley to play that exact same role. And it's not like you would have had to pay Tony Bradley that much on uh, his next contract. So that's just a big time head scratcher for me. And I really don't get it. I'm going to take a an, uh, break and I'll be right back to talk about the best undrafted free agents and where they've gone and draft grades for every team. Okay, I'm back to talk about my best undrafted free agents. Uh, Number one, I got Killian Tilly. He did end up signing with the Memphis Grizzlies. I completely understand why he did go undrafted. The injuries that he's dealt with are super concerning. Has dealt with a ton of lower body injuries, which is always scary, especially for someone uh, that is a bigger player like him. Uh, But... As far as just strictly a talent, he is one of the most talented players in this entire class. Honestly, a lottery talent, uh, just taking out injuries. He is someone who can really shoot the ball. Shot 40% from three on uh, his most recent season. Uh, can handle the ball as well. Can play in the post. Takes advantage of smaller players very well. Super smart on the defensive side of the ball and is just solid on that. Uh, but his shooting at the, uh, at the size he is is just the thing that stands out the most uh and him going to a team like the Grizzlies I think it's perfect for him uh he can develop behind a lot of really good big men they have a, a good development staff over there uh their big men have all been able to shoot Jonas Valanciunas has started shooting Jaron Jackson's one of the best shooting bigs in the league on uh, I just love that fit a on I think he could be a future backup uh, forward for them they do have a bit of a log jam uh at the position with Jaron Uh, and with uh, Brandon Clark as well, Uh, but he can develop, and I think he's going to be a really nice player for the Memphis Grizzlies at some point, or he can be a player that goes on another team and Blossoms. I love Killian Tilly's skill set a ton, and as long as he stays healthy, that man is going to be a really, really good player. Uh, Next, talking about Nate Hinton. Honestly, probably a top five uh, favorite prospect in this entire uh, class for me just because he reminds me so much of Marcus Smart. Uh, And Mark Smart's one of my favorite players. I've loved seeing him develop on the Celtics. And Nate Hinton is one of those players who, as far as skill, just isn't uh, nearly uh, an upper echelon skill in this class. But as far as how hard he plays, he is matched by no other. He really gets up on the defensive glass and competes super hard in there. Averaged 8.7 rebounds as a guard, which is just ridiculous. And that's not inflated numbers from, like, Uh, a system where the big men box out and they want the guard to get the rebound so they can push it up court. No, that's strictly from Nate Hinton putting in more effort than nearly anyone else is willing to uh, on the glass. He also really competes on the defensive side of the ball, is great at getting in passing lanes and getting steals. Uh, And overall, he's just a really good defender who is good both on and off the ball. And then on the offensive side of the ball, he's going to be someone who runs the floor well for you. Is really good in transition. Uh, And he can shoot the ball as well. So it kind of blew my mind uh, that he went undrafted. But he went to the Mavericks, who... Just absolutely killed it in the draft. Uh, And then including the Nate Hinton pick, you get another guy who's a really good defender and can shoot the ball. I think Nate Hinton can be a player that uh, plays for the Mavericks sooner rather than later. I don't really expect him to play this season, Uh, Much or at all But if he develops in the G League If he continues to develop his skills I think they're really going to love what they uh, Have in him and I think he's going to be a player Who could slide in and play impactful minutes For the Mavericks That was one of the teams I wanted to see him go to most And he went to them uh, next, I got Devon Dotson. He went to the Bulls. Uh, Devon Dotson is a player who I think is just going to be a really solid backup. Uh, can play make well, can attack the basket. Uh, probably his standout skill is his ability to defend. He has good size, good effort on that side of the ball. Good at getting into passing lanes and forcing turnovers. And it reminds me kind of of Chris Dunn, who uh, they didn't extend a qualifying offer to. So it made a ton of sense for them uh, to get Devon Dotson. I'm pretty sure he's a local, sh- local uh, Chicago Uh, Kids, so it just made uh, perfect sense for those uh, two sides to agree to a deal to each other, Uh, and I think Devon Dotson is a solid player who can make an impact at some point in his career. Uh, Next, we got Ashton Haggins going to the Timberwolves. Uh, When he develops uh, in the G League, I think he can come in at some point and honestly be a really nice rotation player for them. Reminds me a lot of Patrick Beverly. Is a really really good defender, one of the best guard defenders in this entire draft. Uh, He just plays super hard. Uh, is a really aggressive and annoying defender who is willing to guard you up the court, uh, who's willing to uh, really hustle, get those loose balls. He brings a lot of those nice intangibles. And on the offensive side of the ball, definitely needs a lot of development. And it completely makes sense that he went undrafted, even though I kind of expected a team like the uh, Warriors to take a shot on him maybe. Uh, It made sense for him to go undrafted due to his lack of polish on the offensive side of the ball. Must develop his shooting. uh, Needs to become better at finishing at the basket. Overall was just an inefficient player uh, who isn't really confident in his three-point shot. But after a year or two in the G League, I could see him uh, coming and being impactful players for the Timberwolves. And I really like that signing for them uh, because they need defense desperately. uh, And I think he'd be a future rotation player for them. Next, I got Mason Joan. Uh, he went to the Houston Rockets. Someone who can score the ball very well is, is a master at getting to the free throw line already. Uh, I think he averaged like by far the most uh, free throw attempts per game in college basketball. He averaged like 8.7. It was something ridiculous. He was a master at getting to the free throw line. Uh, and I like that signing quite a lot by the Houston Rockets. Uh, and I just think he's going to be a really nice uh, player for them at some point. Someone who can come off the bench and bring some nice scoring to them. Uh, And, yeah, he's going to need some time to develop in the G League a little bit. Uh, I think he's on a two-way contract, but uh, I definitely like that. Also, a super confident player. I'm pretty sure he, like, tweeted out when he got signed, like, uh, Houston got the best player in the class. They just don't know it yet. Hey, And I like that confidence quite a lot. I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, Next, uh, uh, Trevlin Queen. He hasn't been signed by any team yet, which is kind of surprising to me. Is someone who has a pretty versatile offensive skill set, can do a lot of different things. On the offensive side, ball also gets in passing lanes very well on defense and is a very solid defender. Uh, I definitely would expect him to get picked up at some point. I just think he's too good not to, especially if you're throwing him on a G League team. He can really fit with any team. So, someone who uh, wants a developmental piece that could be a rotation guy for them at some point, definitely should take a swing. uh, on a guy like Trevlin Queen. I'm really surprised he hasn't got signed yet. At least to my knowledge. It's kind of hard to find uh, where these undrafted guys are going. So this is just all I could find for now. Uh, next I got Abdulian Uh Another guy who I'm kind of surprised ha- hasn't gotten signed yet. Uh, he is a pretty raw athlete. Who has some great size with him being six uh, seven, Good length. Uh, Very good defender. Shot the ball well, though uh, being on a bit of limited attempts and mostly catching shoots. uh, Can play make as well. Can just do kind of a bit of everything out there. uh, And is a player that I definitely would expect to get picked up at some point. Be on a G League roster. uh, Develop and uh, another guy. There's just so many guys in this draft that I think could be impactful at some point, even if that some point is four years down the line. Or maybe, maybe Abdul Nadoi gets sent back overseas, and then he signs with a G League team, and then he uh, grinds up to being uh, a late rotation guy. Even that could be impactful for someone. Next, I got uh, Paul Uboa, a guy who has a super uh, raw skill set with. Uh, Great size, he's like 6'8", he's super strong, one of the stronger players in the class, a really good defender already, definitely needs to work on the offensive side of the ball, shooting uh, must improve. That's something that uh, is just inexcusable for uh, him to not improve at if he wants to carve out a role in the NBA. But I think he could be a, a nice player uh, for sure, especially if he goes to a team like the Toronto Raptors, who's who's developed so many raw athletes like that in the past. Uh, I think he could be a project, uh, but a project that's worth being patient on uh, and could be a good player at some point. His physical attributes are just too good for some team not to take a swing on him. Uh, next, I got Mamadi Didi- Dietsch uh diakite i definitely expect the team to pick him up in the next couple of days he's a player who uh, has a bit of a lower ceiling i'm not surprised he didn't get drafted i had him going with the i think i had him going with the last pick in my mock draft so it's not a shock by any means but i'm kind of shocked no one's picked him up uh four who can shoot the ball who can play defense very well reminds me a ton of Jamichael green both have very similar games uh, and I think a team could definitely use them. And I think he could make an immediate impact now. Because a lot of these players didn't get drafted because they have s- still pretty raw skill sets. But um, Mamadi Diakite is one of those players that I think is uh, pretty solidified already. He just didn't get drafted because he's older and has a limited ceiling. And he isn't great right now. Uh, but I do think he could be solid for some team. Uh, and I would definitely expect, a, honestly, a contender to pick him up. Because I think he'd be an immediate impact right now. Next, we got Josh Hall, someone who uh, came out of high school. I think he could be still eligible to join uh, next draft class, which I I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Uh, But he is someone who I would 100% take a flyer on if I was a team. Uh, A Ross. Uh, skill set player who does have some intriguing things that he uh, can do has a uh, great size six eight needs to put on weight though he's still only like 190 pounds or 180 pounds he's super skinny but can really handle the ball for someone who's six eight uh, that's probably his most impressive abilities to handle uh, the ball and create shots for himself with him being such a tall player uh, can also uh, shoot the ball pretty well off the catch and shoot off the dribble and I would just definitely take a swing on him, put him on a G League roster, put him on a two-way contract, uh, and he's going to be a player who needs probably some years to develop. But as a developmental project, I think he could be really, really good. I really like Josh Hall. Uh, next, I got Tyshawn Alexander. He went to the Phoenix Suns. I think that's an excellent pickup for them. Someone who reminds me a ton of, like Catavius Caldwell Pope, uh, can really shoot the ball. One uh, had an excellent shooting season last year at Creighton. shot like, oh, oh. Over around 40%. Uh, a good defender as well who puts an effort on that side of the ball. Uh, and I think he's someone who could help a team win right now. So a team like the Suns uh, who is trying to make the playoffs this year. Uh, signing someone like Tyshawn Alexander uh, in undrafted player free agency I think makes complete sense for them. And I, I definitely like that for sure. Uh, next, talking about uh, Trent Forrest. He signed with the Utah Jazz. A guard who can uh, score the ball pretty well. Not surprised that he won undrafted, but I I do like the Jazz picking him up. Could be a nice developmental piece for them. Don't really have much to say on him. Don't really have, like, a bold opinion. I just think he could be a cool player at some point, but at best, he's, like, a ninth man. Uh, Next, I got Marcus Howard. He uh, signed with the Denver Nuggets. Someone who was an electric scorer in college, uh, can really shoot the ball. Reminds me a ton of, like, current-day Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Can I... Can I have a bit of a rant? Why are so many people so obsessed with these small super high scoring guards in college? Cuz after Miles Powell went undrafted, I just saw people in a rage and I'm like, "Guys, what are we talking about here? Miles Powell is not that good. People are just so obsessed with high scoring guards in college and it makes no sense to me cuz we've seen those guys fail." so many different times we see it with uh Jim Rutherford who's by far the most extreme example we've seen it with Carson Edwards who is still a young player but I don't believe in him at all and he's on my own team I just don't believe in Carson Edwards and Miles Powell uh, I don't believe in him at all. I literally had him as the worst prospect uh, that I scouted. I had about 75 on my big board. People got to realize he's an inefficient scorer who does nothing but score. He did go to the Knicks. Uh, he reminds me a ton of Alonzo Trier, who uh, is at is basically out of the league for a good reason. He did have some nice moments with the Knicks, but he's basically only a scorer and isn't even that good at that one thing. Miles Powell is an inefficient scorer who shot under 40% from the field, shot about 30% from three, doesn't play make, doesn't play defense, doesn't rebound, doesn't do anything outside of scoring. And again, he's not even that good at scoring. So he's a specialist who isn't who isn't special at uh, what he's good at. So I'm so confused why so many people were like, oh, why is Miles Powell not getting drafted? And he's 23! Like, what are we talking about? He's already far in his development, and he's not even that good right now. And then Marcus Howard is... He was 5'9", I think, without shoes at the Draft Combine. 5'9"? Like, those players can only do so much. I mean, we saw Isaiah Thomas being near MVP candidate, but Isaiah Thomas is a skilled-ass player who was put in the perfect system to help him succeed under Brad Stevens and had that whole system built around him. So I just don't understand people's obsession with small Guards who score a lot and Mas though he's a college college legend, he's not going to be anything in the NBA. Just in my personal opinion. (laughs) Uh, Next, I got Karen Main Uh, definitely could see a team pick him up. He's a bit of a project, a guy who is kind of a no name. uh, Came from uh, Canada uh, at some some sort of college out there. I'm pretty sure, but is an is a pretty uh, athletic player who is a good playmaker, can handle the ball. Uh, definitely needs to develop his shooting a little bit and just needs time to develop as a whole. But I would definitely take a swing on him on a two-way contract for sure. Uh, Next, I got Caleb Wesson, a center who can shoot the ball pretty well, uh, can play defense, but not surprised he didn't get drafted. Definitely concerns about his health. Uh, He's had some injuries. Definitely concerned about his weight too, his conditioning. Uh, And you could uh, definitely not believe that three-point shot is going to transfer. as a lot of that were catch and shoot, pretty wide open ones. Uh, So yeah. Next, I got Nathan Knight. Uh, He got picked up by the Atlanta Hawks, a pretty intriguing player who has one of the more interesting skill sets in this entire draft. A big who showed the ability to handle the ball, had a really nice spin move that he went to often, Uh, showed the ability to hit threes both off the catch and off the dribble, though the percentage wasn't great uh, by any means. But I definitely like his skill set. He is an interesting player, and I like that he's on the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I just don't like his defensive side of the ball. That's something that probably will hold him back from ever being a big-time rotation player is he has super slow feet, uh, isn't a good defender in space or in the pick-and-roll, and and that's something that's just super valuable uh, in today's modern NBA. Next, I got Austin Watt. Uh, Austin Wiley, a player that I definitely think would have gotten drafted if it wasn't uh, for his injuries. He had a ton of injury concerns. That makes complete sense why he went undrafted, but uh, I would definitely put him on a two-way contract just hope he can stay healthy because he's a he's a really solid player who is a really good rebounder one of the better ones in this class especially on the offensive side of the ball an excellent offensive rebounder can block shots did a crazy job of getting to the free throw line uh, had one of the highest uh, free throw rates in college basketball and i like austin Wiley quite a lot just hope he could stay healthy and i think he could be a really solid uh, rotation player backup big for someone uh, next, I got Najee Marshall, signed with the Pelicans, a solid uh, guard who can score the ball pretty decently. Uh, not the most efficient player, but is a player who I think uh, potentially could carve out a role as someone who could just be a bit of a spark plug and score the ball. Uh, next, I got Philip Petrusev, uh, a player who's just uh, pretty, uh, pretty old style, big, a really good post player who has great touch around the basket. Uh, could shoot the ball actually a little bit, showed a, a really nice form off uh, and hit some mid-ranges pretty consistently, shot the free throw uh, pretty decently as well, but not a great defender in space uh, and just overall not a super good player. I don't really know if he's going to be able to carve himself a role that much. And then last, Miles Powell, again, not a fan of Miles Powell uh, game at all. Super inefficient scorer who really doesn't bring anything else. Uh, next I quickly want to touch on uh, Robert Covington being traded to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I think this is an excellent trade for the Portland Trailblazers. They killed it in this trade. They did an amazing job. Uh, they traded two first round picks, but that 2021 uh, pick, that's it's protected. And I think it said it's... Uh, lottery protected to like 2025 so there's basically no chance that's a good pick and then they set the 16th pick which is valuable and they could have got a nice player like sadiq bay there but robert covington is literally the exact perfect player that the trailblazers needed to get they needed to get a four who could play defense and shoot the ball and robert covington fits that perfectly though he had a bit of a disappointing uh season last year shooting the ball he was still super impactful for the houston rockets he played Probably the best defense of his entire career. He was blocking shots like crazy. Averaged like two blocks a game on the season. Played uh, a lot of center for them. He's going to definitely not do that nearly as much with Zach Collins and with Yusuf Nurkic being with them. Uh, And I think this honestly makes the Trailblazers like a low-key contender. Very, very low-key. And I don't believe... Uh, That they're going to be super good by any means. But I think they could be a really solid around like a fifth seed, sixth seed-ish. They obviously have that great backcourt who's been uh, so good for them for just so many years now. Damian Lillard is one of the uh, 12 best players on the planet. CJ McCollum is a really good second option who is such a smooth scorer. Uh, and he's just a master at that. New- Yusuf Nurkic is one of the top seven centers uh, in the entire league. Can play make very well. Can score in the post. Is a solid enough defender. Gary Trent emerged in the bubble as an amazing shooter. Uh, just showed off a confidence that he didn't have uh, previously. And was really, really impressive as a shooter. So I uh, I just really like this uh, direction that uh, the Portland Trailblazers are going. They have a lot of nice pieces now. They just got to stay healthy. Uh, Zach Zach Collins can be a solid uh, four and five for them who can shoot the ball, who can play defense. Uh, uh, They could get uh, Carmelo Anthony back. I think he'd be more of a locker room guy, but he is the guy who can uh, score the ball pretty well. Though not bringing much else to the court, uh, that is valuable enough, especially his shooting was pretty good last season. So I just think this is a a great trade for uh, the Portland Trailblazers and definitely uh, puts them up a couple tiers. Uh, makes them a much better team than they would have been last year. Because any rookie, even if maybe maybe three or four years down the line, they could have been better than Robert Covington. But no rookie was going to be better than Robert Covington this year. And again, that a twenty twenty one pick is lottery protected till like twenty twenty five. So uh, most likely, the Houston Rockets are just going to get like the. 22nd pick next year so trading like the 16th and the 22nd pick for such a valuable player like Robert Covington is a huge W and then on the uh, Rocket side I'm a little bit confused by this trade especially uh, if you want to keep James Harden or Russell Westbrook or both It makes no sense to trade a guy like Robert Covington, so I think it forces them to trade those two guys because even though Robert Covington isn't a star by any mean, he's one of those players that fits perfectly next to those two guys, so it would be so weird if they tried to keep him but traded him for draft assets. And then what they did with the 16th pick and Trevor Reza was trade it to uh the detroit pistons for a future pick which was even weirder Uh, and it made some uh what sense because like oh they're probably just trying to save money uh get off a contract which is about 12 million like i guess they wanted to uh, be farther away from the luxury tax i know that's something that their owners been focusing uh, on a lot especially with uh, the pandemic and what happened Uh, last year so that makes sense but then they buy a second round pick from the Pistons in 2021 for five million dollars so it's like what are you I thought you were saving that money and then you buy a a second round pick for five million dollars is wild like that's such a weird move for them especially because it wasn't in this draft so you don't even know what the second round pick is going to be it could not even be a good second round pick so that was just such a, a weird thing to happen. But love this trade for uh, the Portland Trailblazers. If they're going to uh, just trade their guys and tank, then it would make a lot more sense for the Houston Rockets. And I think that's the direction that they should go in anyway. It makes no sense for them to keep those two guys. They're both unhappy. They don't, both don't want to be there. If someone declines $50 million a year, yeah, they don't want to be there. So get them out of there. Uh, and then it would make a lot more sense get a, a ton of young assets and in a year where not many teams are probably looking to bottom out and in a ridiculous 2021 uh, class which is one of the most talented we've seen in a long long time then it makes a lot of sense uh, for the Houston Rockets to just bottom out uh, and if they were able to get one of these upper tier guys like a Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham then that would make a lot more sense and that'd be amazing for them. Next talking about the Milwaukee Bucks acquiring Drew Holiday. This is exactly the type of move that they needed to make because I had been so adamant for many, well, for the entire year, basically, that I never believed in the Bucks. And we, I mean, we saw it. they lost in five to the Miami Heat because I just saw the exact same team that had the exact same flaws and was going to have the exact same outcome. But now they get a dynamic playmaker, Andrew Holiday, uh, one of the best, if not the best. I'd probably put him either second or third. Uh, ben Simmons would definitely be one, and then him and Mark Smart would be fighting for two. Uh, guard defender in the league, an excellent playmaker as well, who I feel like is really underrated at that. Averaged about seven assists alongside Lonzo Ball, which is really, really impressive stuff from him there. Can also create his own shot, which they desperately needed. They needed another guy in crunch time situations who is going to be able to create his own shot. And he's the guy who's consistently stepped his game up in the playoffs. We saw uh, in that Portland Trailblazer series him lock up Damian Lord and have a ridiculous offensive series. I think this is an excellent trade for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think it shows to Giannis Antetokounmpo that they are really committed to being a championship caliber team especially with what they gave up they gave up uh 2021st uh, via indiana 2024 uh swap pick 2025 unprotected 2026 uh swap pick and the 2027 first unprotected that shows how committed they are to yana's up to the cupo and i think that's an excellent sign i think this move just makes so much sense in the way that they are getting a really good player but they're also getting someone who's gonna uh, convince Giannis to stay and they didn't even have to give up a crazy amount of value they gave up Eric Bledsoe which is, uh, has been a negative asset for them for a couple of years now and they gave up George Hill who's a positive asset a really nice backup point guard I'm a big fan of Drew uh, George Hill but when someone like Drew Holiday is available you got to go in on that uh, and for the Pelicans side they do get two solid point guards uh, which is confusing why they drafted Kyra Lewis but uh, I digress uh, they could flip those guys, especially George Hill. I think George Hill's a super flippable player. Eric Bledsoe, on the other hand, I don't know about that. I don't know if many people want to take on that contract. But they continue to stack up draft assets. Uh, if we look at their draft picks, they have uh, they had the 13th and 24th. Uh, in 2020, they traded that 24th. They In 2021, they have their own pick, uh, LA's pick. They In 2022, they have their own. In 2023, they have uh, their own and... In L.A., in 2024, they have uh, their own, they have L.A., and they have Milwaukee. In 2025, they have their own. They have Milwaukee. 2026, they have their own. They have Milwaukee. 2027, they have their own. And they have Milwaukee. That's excellent stuff from them. And that gives them so much flexibility to either uh, just take as many chances as you want on getting another star player. Or it gives you all the draft capital in the world. With you already having young assets on that roster, when a star or even a superstar is available, you're going to... Immediately be up there and on their mind as one of those teams that they're going to want to trade with because you just have so many assets. So I think this is an excellent move for both sides. Now, the whole Bogdan Bogdanovich thing, which I was so excited about, has completely fallen apart, and that's really, really sad. Uh, but I do like this move a ton for the Bucks, like it for the Pelicans as well. You get five first round picks. Uh, and two solid players in return for an older player in drew holiday who's going to be off his contract in a couple years Uh, i think he's actually going to be off next year Uh, and then it shows uh janice adenacupo that the bucks are all in on winning uh, and they're completely focused on that so yeah absolutely love this move for both sides and i think it makes the milwaukee bucks the best team in the eastern conference Uh, i would definitely go as far as to say that because it's it's a really, really good move for them, and they're getting a good player who fixes a lot of those weaknesses, and they get rid of Eric Bledsoe, who's been terrible for them in the playoffs these past couple of years. Win-win trade, great for both sides. Uh, gets the Pelicans even more assets, and then uh, makes the Bucks more of a win-now team by getting a really good player. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back to talk about my draft grades for every NBA team, and then Arizona Cardinals versus Seattle Seahawks. Okay, I am back to talk about my draft grades for every team in the 2020 NBA draft. First, starting off with the Atlanta Hawks, we'll be going uh, in alphabetical order with the teams. Uh, the, I gave the Atlanta Hawks an A minus. I feel like they did a very, very solid job in the draft. I'm an absolutely massive fan of Onyeka Kongwu. I think he's an excellent prospect. Someone who reminds me a lot of Bam Adebayo uh, can really, really defend. Uh, Super strong, uh, good interior presence, uh, good player on offense as well. Definitely needs to develop his ball handling and his playmaking to reach that upper echelon that Bam Adebayo has but still a really good pick for them. They also got Skyler Mays at 50 in the second round, a guy who is an older prospect, who's very limited athletically, uh, but just has a talent. He can shoot the ball well, can play make, can just do a bit of everything, just again, limited by that age and athleticism, but is a solid player that could come in and immediate, immediately play some impactful basketball for them. So I like their draft quite a lot. Uh, I'm definitely expecting some sort of move to happen, uh, because of the Onyeka Kongwu pick, it doesn't make sense for them to keep such a stacked front court. I, I mean, unless he, they want him to come off the bench for like a year or two. But I think Onyeka Kongwu can make an impact right now, so I'd maybe expect a Clint Capella trade. And I, I think that makes sense because Onyeka Kongwu has a really high ceiling. I'm a absolutely massive fan of him. One, probably my favorite prospect in the entire class. Uh, next, I got my Boston Celtics. I gave them a B-minus. Love the Aaron Smith pick. They've been really needed someone that can come off the bench and shoot the ball for a long, long time now. Uh, and he's going to bring that best shooter in college basketball. Shot 52% from three. Uh, he's going to be someone who's just constantly running off screens. Hopefully we see some good effort from him on the defensive side of the ball. And if he can be a 3 and D wing, which I do expect him to be, I think that's an amazing pick for them. Uh, was not a fan at all of the Payne Pritchard pick, though. It's not even just him individually as a player. It was more who was available on the board that uh, frustrated me. When uh, Tyrell Terry, Tyler Bay, and Desmond Bain, I think, were much better prospects than him. Mm-hmm. And you take Peyton Pritchard. I do like him as a locker room guy. I think he competes really hard. He's a super hard worker. But at the end of the day, he is a four-year guy who is uh, limited as far as his height, limited athletically. And it was weird to see him go in the first round. And then Yamadar, I felt like was a great pick in the second round. Someone who could, they can stash in the Euro League and have develop. And I think he can be a very solid player at some point after some years of development in the Euro League. Already a good defender, already a good playmaker. Just need the the shot to come along. And I think he could be a good project. Uh, next, I got the Brooklyn Nets. Gave him B minus. They uh, traded for. Uh, uh, they traded for Landry Schammett, which I feel like was a pretty good trade for them. They only had to give up the 19th pick, which I maybe would have liked them uh, to keep that. Because I feel like, honestly, if you drafted someone like Desmond Bain, he could already be nearly as good as uh, Landry Schammett, uh without having... Uh, to give up that pick and Landry Shamit's around the same age as him so I mean I, I would have liked to see him get Desmond Bain instead uh, but they also did uh, get Reggie Perry which I felt like was a phenomenal pick at 57 so I may would have even had them a bit higher I'm just not the biggest fan of the Landry Shamit trade I felt like you could have given it up less Love, love that Reggie Perry pick though. At the end of the day, I feel like that was a phenomenal pick in the second round. Uh, next, I got the Charlotte Hornets at a B plus. Big fan of Lamelo, had him number one on my big board. I think that's a great pick for them. You may be like, oh, they're stacked at the guard position, but when you're a team like the Hornets who just isn't that good, there's uh, no player that is good enough for you to draft for fit. You got to just draft who you think is th- uh, the best player available, and I think Lamelo Ball was the best player available on uh, those other guards are expandable like uh Devontae graham had a great season i feel like he could play alongside Lamelo at least for now at least terry roger is definitely expandable they they just have a lot of solid players on that roster so it made sense for them to get a guy who i think could be a franchise guy on Lamelo ball an excellent playmaker uh just a really really nice player did not like the vernon carry pick not even because, like, the value super bad or anything. I just don't like Vernon Carey at all, if I'm being honest. He was one of my least favorite prospects. Reminds me a ton of, like, Ennis Cantor. Really skilled back to the basket big, who has great size. But his game is just kind of outdated. Also, wasn't the biggest fan of them getting Nick Richards at 42. I feel like he could have been a guy that would have gone a lot lower. Uh, but... They at least do have some better depth at the big, uh, which was definitely a big weakness for them. And then they uh, did also get Grant Riller, which I do like. Uh, A really good scorer off the bench. Uh, another guard, but still someone who was great at Charleston, uh, just can get buckets pretty well. Gave the Chicago Bulls a C. Patrick Williams' pick was definitely an interesting one, and I think it could go well. Just not the biggest fan of how he fits in with Lowry Marketing, and uh, I just wasn't that high on him as a prospect. I thought he was a pretty solid one, but number four definitely seems high for them. I thought them passing up on Denny O'Dea was kind of uh, kind of wild, to be honest. I feel like Denny O'Dea is really, really good. Uh, so I just didn't like them passing up on that. Uh, they didn't really do much in the second round either. So I just gave him a C. It's kind of uh, just a uh, wait and see for uh, for me right now. Because, he, again, he can be good. But I'm just not super confident in him being a great player. Definitely more of a project who's drafted more for his uh, physical attributes than necessarily what he's going to bring immediately. And I think the Bulls could be a team that competes for like the playoffs. So it's kind of weird for them to take... Uh, much more of a pro uh, a project than anything I gave the Cleveland Cavaliers a C plus I do like Isaac Okoro uh I just and I had a mock there before but with Denny there I was honestly super surprised I didn't draft Denny or Obi Toppin to be honest uh Especially just because Isaac core was such a raw offensive player. And I like his uh, defense, obviously, a lot. That's the thing that everyone likes about him. He's a lockdown perimeter defender who's going to come in and immediately beat a very, very good defender, which is super rare out of college players. Uh, he's going to be a guy who can cut to the basket. He's going to f- uh, finish a well at the basket. He's going to finish uh, in transition. He can play make a little bit, can handle the ball. Uh, but his shot is super concerning uh just really didn't shoot the ball well at all in college neither from the free throw line or from the three which is always concerning Uh, on he's definitely a a bit more of a project that has potential to be like a jimmy butler type of player he could be or he could just be like a justice Winslow type of player or he could be like a stanley johnson type of player there's a lot of different directions his career could go so that's why i gave him a c plus i i like the pick somewhat but i also could see it going very bad had to give the Dallas Mavericks an A+. plus. So I feel like they did a phenomenal job in this draft. Uh, they got three really solid players in the draft. Uh, Josh Green, Tyrell Terry, Tyler Bay. Three great picks for them. Surprised both Tyler Bay and Tyrell Terry slipped that low. Josh Green, that's around where I had him. Good 3-and-D guy. Tyrell Terry can really shoot the ball. Plays hard on the defensive side of the ball. Another 3-and-D three, 3 and D guy, uh, Tyler Bay. Then... Uh, in undrafted free agency, you get Nate Hinton, one of my favorite prospects in the draft. It's going to be a really good defender, good shooter as well, plays super hard, uh, brings a lot of the intangibles you like. And then you trade for Josh Richardson, another 3 and D wing uh, who helps them on the defense side of the ball, which is what they need. Uh, they just are getting so many guys who compliment Luka Doncic, and I absolutely love that for them. I gave the Denver Nuggets a C+, I'm a big fan of the RJ Hampton pick. He isn't one of the prospects I'm super high on. I'm a lot lower on him in fact than a lot of other people are, but I think with the Denver Nuggets they're going to really unlock him. Uh, he's going to be a really good in transition for Nicole Jokic to throw to. Uh, I think overall he's just going to be a really nice player for them. He's going to be a high energy guy. Just needs to uh, definitely improve on his shooting. That's by far his biggest weakness. Uh, but if he can get that down he's going to be a nice player just did not like the Zeke uh, Najee pick at all if I'm being honest Uh, it confused me a ton and I just really don't get why they drafted him but I like uh, the pick of uh, RJ Hampton quite a lot next I got the Detroit Pistons gave him a B plus I thought the Luke Kennard trade was pretty decent I'm a big fan of Sadiq Bey Uh, just a super well-rounded player that I'm Confident in and just being a really uh, nice player, even if he's never close to a star level player. Uh, love Killian Hayes, one of my favorite prospects in the draft. Great pick and roll player. And then I wasn't a fan of the Isaiah Stewart pick, to be honest, and that could have bumped them down a little bit. But I love their uh, two picks. Uh, other two picks so much that i had to give them a pretty good grade i feel like they uh, are doing a good job of bringing youth movement to detroit in a season where there's likely not going to be fans it kind of makes sense for that to just tank uh get some young talent there and see how they develop and i really like some of those guys that they got uh next talking about the golden state warriors gave him b plus thought the james wiseman pick made complete sense nico manion was very good to get at, at where they did at 48 and then they got uh the shooter with their next pick who I didn't know much about, but I think can be very solid. After I looked up a bit on him, played with LaMelo Ball uh, in the NBL, just uh, standing in Jessup, he's one of the better shooters in the class, especially as a slept-on guy, so I definitely liked that pick uh, quite a lot. I liked all their picks, to be honest. Uh, next i got the houston rockets gave him a c minus uh even was thinking about giving him a d plus really just didn't like all the moves that surrounded uh the draft they actually only made one pick in kenny martin uh jr which i did like that pick but i did not like the trades with robert covington and then what they did with buying the second round pick for five mil and then trading that uh 19th pick or what's trading the 16th pick and uh and Trevor Ariza for a future Pistons pick. It was just so confusing in general as a whole. It was a weird draft for them. Uh, next, gave the uh, Indiana Pacers a B-. uh, I actually absolutely loved their pick in Cassius Stanley. I think that's a phenomenal pick, one of the biggest steals in the entire draft. But I was just more disappointed that they really didn't make a move, uh, and that's why I had them this slow. But just as far as their picks, love it. I uh, would have liked to see them move a guy like Miles Turner – or uh, Victor Oladipo, but they kind of just stayed stagnant, and that was pretty disappointing. Uh, next, I got the Los Angeles Clippers. Gave them a B plus. Felt like they did uh, pretty well in the Landry Shamit trade, getting someone like Luke Kennard, who, though, has definitely dealt with some injuries throughout his career, and that's been something that has held him back. Uh, he's going to be a nice player uh, for them. Can shoot the ball, can score off the dribble, can playmake as well. Showed a lot more playmaking. uh it, in this past year and was honestly really nice for the detroit pistons also got daniel aturo one of my favorite prospects in the draft uh center who can really shoot the ball pretty offensively uh, skilled player definitely has something you can worry about but uh i did did like that pick and then jay scrub a super high ceiling guy uh out of a juco college i think he can be very very good Uh, Has some crazy raw athleticism, definitely needs to become a more skillful basketball player, Uh, needs to become a better shooter, needs to become uh, smarter. But I just love that raw athleticism, love that raw talent Uh, on thinking he could be a good developmental piece. They put him in the G League. And stuff like that you could be really solid. Los Angeles Lakers gave him B plus. Thought the Dennis Schroeder trade was a huge win. They didn't actually make any draft pick. But I just love the Dennis Schroeder trade so much that I gave him a B plus. Almost was even thinking about giving them an A minus. Memphis Grizzlies had to give him an A plus. Killed it this draft. Uh Desmond Bain, phenomenal pick at number thirty. Xavier Tillman at thirty five, another really good pick. They just did such a good job getting to Killian Tilly, uh, as an undrafted free agent, one of my favorite prospects in the draft, especially as a lower guy uh, who dealt with a ton of injuries in college, but when he was actually on the floor, was a very talented player who can shoot the ball incredibly at the big man position, uh, can handle it a little bit as well, can kind of just do a little bit of everything on the court. Literally other than the injuries, he is a great prospect, so getting him undrafted, great for them. Uh, Next, I gave the Heat a B for getting Precious Achua. He was not one of my favorite prospects of the draft because he still just has a lot of things he needs to work on. Still a pretty raw player who is much more of an athlete than an actual basketball player right now. Uh, But is a super high-energy guy who I think is going to fit. They are very well. They needed some backup big men play. I think he can play small ball five a lot. I think he's going to be a good rebounder for them, a good defender. He's going to run the floor well. He's going to be put in positions to succeed. He's not going to be asked to do too much, I, which I feel like he was kind of asked to in other parts in his career when he was asked to be more of a ball handler, a shot creator. Shot selection was very questionable at times, so you're putting him in a limited role, and I think that's where he's going to succeed the best. Next, I got the Milwaukee Bucks at an A-minus. I feel like they killed it in the second round. Jordan Nawara, perfect fit for them. Uh, Someone who can just come in and really shoot the ball for them off the bench. And then they get another guy in Sam Merrill, who is a prospect who I liked quite a lot. I feel like he's pretty slept on. Uh, Just because he's uh, not athletic, really, at all. He's uh, super limited as an athlete, and he is an older player with him, uh, being a four-year college player. I think he's 23 now, but he can shoot the hell out of the ball, can run off screens, and at least competes on the defensive side of the ball. So I really like their picks. Though they uh, didn't really have much, they made the most out of it and killed it this draft. Uh, next, I got the Minnesota Timberwolves at a B B+, drafted Anthony Edwards at number one. I think he can be a really good fit alongside uh, Carlton Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Definitely needs to work harder on the defensive side of the ball for that trio to completely be unlocked. But I think at some point, he will start doing that. And the natural talent, the uh, physical abilities are all there for him to be a really good player. Also, uh, made some good picks with uh, Leandro Barmalo. like that pick quite a lot. A versatile uh, guard who can play one through three. Reminds me a lot of like Justice Winslow. Got Ricky Rubio as well. Good veteran presence who can help out these young guys and bring... Uh, professionalism and leadership to their team that they desperately needed with so many young guys on their roster. And then Jaden McDaniels, a guy who I'm definitely worried about his attitude, definitely worried about his shot selection at time. Kind of reminds me of like a current Michael Porter Jr. Uh, but he is uh, like Michael Porter Jr., a guy who can hit really tough shots off the dribble, has great size with him being 6'10", really good length. And if he uh, just has a better attitude, plays harder on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and takes better shots I think he'd be a really really nice player for them uh, for sure next I have the Pelicans a c-plus uh, I like Kyra Lewis a lot as a prospect just don't like the fit they already have a lot of established guard play I just don't really know where he slides in unless they're thinking about moving a guy like Lonzo Ball or they have a trade in the works for a guy like George Hill or Eric Bledsoe it's just a weird pick for sure because I like Lonzo quite a lot so getting another point guard it's just a weird decision uh, and it I just don't really understand it when there's other shooters on the board, a guy like Aaron Nesmith, who is such a good shooter. Why are you going to draft uh, someone like that when there's a really, really good shooter on the board who fits your team super well, a guy who is just going to run off screens and is going to be fine with that. He's going to be hit by Lonzo Plenty, Uh, and yeah, it was just a little bit confusing, uh, for sure. Also, wish they didn't trade the Elijah Hughes pick to the Jazz. I'm a big fan of Elijah Hughes. He can really shoot the ball. Uh, so, I wish they would have kept that as well. Just wasn't the biggest fan of their draft as a whole. Felt it like, felt like they could have done a lot better and took advantage of their opportunities. Next, I gave the New York Knicks a B. Like the OB Toppin pick, someone who's going to come in and immediately be a good score for them. He's one of those guys who has probably one of the higher floors in this draft though I don't think his ceiling is necessarily super high just to his, uh, due to his worries on the defensive side of the ball. Has very slow feet and showed a pretty concerning lack of effort at times. But on the offensive side of the ball, super well-rounded, super talented, uh, can really, really score, can shoot the ball. Uh, super athletic is going to be a player that catches lobs uh, for them. They also drafted Emmanuel quickly, who I like quite a lot. A nice three and D prospect who kind of just does that, but that's completely fine in this modern NBA. Fits perfectly. The Knicks have actually just been making a lot of smart moves recently, and I felt like they had a great draft. Uh they really did their thing in this one. Next, I gave the Oklahoma City Thunder a B. I uh, like the ski pick quite a lot. A uh, very high ceiling player who, uh, though, has a pretty low floor as well. I think on a team like the Thunder, where they're clearly tanking, uh, they're clearly trying to lose. They it makes complete sense for them to draft a true project. Like I, I've thrown around the project word for guys like Patrick Williams, no, and Isaac Okoro poke Yousefski is a true project someone who's going to need a lot of patience who, who's going to need to develop that body a lot but if he does he can be a nice nice player uh, has so many intriguing skills can really shoot the ball can i uh, really handle it can pass as well plays like a small forward and a seven footer body which is just scary and then they got theo melodon in the second round a uh, really nice uh i think either a solid starting point guard or a very quality backup who, uh, good playmaker, good scorer as well. Just kind of does everything you want at the point guard position. Plays hard on defense as well. Reminds me a lot of like George Hill. Uh, definitely like that pick. Uh, and then they drafted, uh, Vic Kreczic, who I really don't know anything about. So not going to act like I do. Uh, next, I got, gave the Orlando Magic a B minus. I'm not, I'm far from the biggest Cole Anthony fan. Uh, I hated his season. I, Uh, UNC did uh, recognize, though, that there was a lot of very unfortunate unfortunate, uh, circumstances that happened in that season. Uh, The team was super disappointing. The spacing was atrocious, and he dealt with some injuries. I just feel like his shot selection is very poor. His playmaking is not it either. But I think in the backcourt alongside uh, Markel Fultz, who's... Uh, At this point in in his career, more focused on being a playmaker, playing good defense, and uh, being a slasher, uh, taking it where he can on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think it makes sense for them to draft someone who can really create his own shot and hit difficult shots, which they've needed desperately for years, can be a spark plug on that offense. And, yeah, uh, I do like that pick for them, even though Cole Anthony isn't my favorite player. Uh, Next, had to give the 76ers an A+. Uh, Just with all the trades that happened Uh, around the draft as well those were great and then you think about the picks Tyrese Maxey at 21 massive steal probably the biggest steal at least of like upper tier guys uh, in the class I mean I had him as the 13th best player in the class on my big board Uh, I think he's going to be a really good and explosive score for them off the bench who uh, is just going to do that. He doesn't really have to do much more as long as he's competing on the defensive side of the ball, which I definitely expect him to. He's not going to be forced to be a playmaker. He's just going to be asked to create his own shot and be – A flamethrower off the bench and i think he can fit into that role perfectly on a team like this they've been desperately needing another guy to create his own shot especially when benton simmons is out they've been desperately needing someone to be a ball handler and create for others as well and though he isn't the greatest playmaker he can slide into that role they also drafted isaiah joe at 49 massive steal someone who's going to just come in and immediately shoot the ball very very uh well, bit of a reckless player, bit of a J.R. Smith type of player, but another guy who can just come off that bench and score. And then Paul Reed, a strong four who can run the floor, uh rebound, block shots. Uh really like that pick as well. I just feel like they did basically everything they could have. They they murdered at this draft. It was an amazing draft for them. I gave the Phoenix Suns a B. I'm actually a lot higher on the uh pick they made with uh, Jalen Smith and Mostar, a lot of people were criticizing that, but I actually like the pick quite a lot. Uh, Someone who can play the four and the five, uh, can really shoot the ball, especially with Aaron Baines likely uh, leaving that team. It makes sense for them to get another big who can shoot uh, and can uh, protect the rim as well. Reminds me a ton of Miles Turner. I think he could at some points also play... uh, play that big lineup with DeAndre Aiden when they want to go big and then when they want to go smaller uh, he can play at the center position as well so I just like this pick actually quite a lot I think it was good value especially with how the board shaped up I had them in my mock getting Obi Toppin, but obviously the Knicks took him. And one of my first ones, I had Patrick Williams going to them, but obviously the Bulls took him. So they could have taken a guy like Devin Vassell, but they already have plenty of 3 and D wings. They could have taken Tyrese Halliburton, which I would have liked as uh, well quite a lot. I probably would have liked it more than a Jalen Smith pick, but I still think it's a good pick. And At the end of the day, you got to take your guy who you think is the best fit for them, uh, and they clearly did. Next, I gave the Portland Trailblazers... Uh, a B-plus, though they uh, only made actually one pick, which was C.J. Ellaby, who was in my favorite player. I love the Robert Covington trade, so that immediately boosts them up to uh, the B-plus I gave them. I think that trade was absolutely phenomenal. Fits what they're going for perfectly. Uh, need They absolutely just needed more defense and then more 3-and-D wings alongside their two-shot-creating guards. Um, Robert Covington's going to fit that role perfectly. Great trade for them. And then the CJA L. 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 B pick is kind of whatever. Uh, next, gave the Sacramento Kings an A+. plus. feel like they have by far the most underrated draft. Uh, people really are, are not recognizing how good it is. Tyrese Halliburton, at 12, is a massive steal. Can't believe he slipped that low, but he's going to be a great dynamic guard next to De'Aaron Fox. Then they get Robert Woodard, a 3-and-D wing, who's just very, very solid Uh, reminds me a lot of OG on Jay Crowder, those type of guys who, uh, just are very strong and smart defenders who use their body. Well, uh, and then on offense, they're not going to do anything, but just shoot and get out of the way, which is what you need a lot of the times. And then they drafted at 43, Jamius Ramsey, uh, Just a streaky guy who, when he gets hot, can really, really shoot the ball. I had him going a lot higher. I had him going 21 to the 76s in my mock, so getting him at 43, I think, is a steal. He can also, uh, especially when he's engaged, be a very solid defender, good shot blocker for a wing, and has a lot of uh, just nice highlight plays. I like Jamius Ramsey a ton, uh, and I like this draft a ton. That's why I had to give him an A+. Gave the San Antonio and Spurs an A+. Uh, Love the Devin Vassell pick. If if they could develop him to be a better shot creator, he reminds me a ton of like Chris Middleton. And then the Trey Jones pick is a solid one. I think he could just be a decent backup point guard for them. But the Devin Vassell pick is just so good. Great value for the spot they were at too. Uh, Especially in this draft, they were never going to get that star player. So getting someone who I think could be a really nice complimentary option and could be like the fourth best player on a championship team at the 11th spot i think it's really really nice for them and i love that pick uh gave the toronto raptors an a name a minus the malachi flynn pick which was their only one of the draft i think it's just an excellent one reminds me a ton of uh fred van vliet who is likely gonna leave the team uh oh they also they also drafted Jalen harris as well which i'm not the, I'm not the biggest Jalen Harris fan, but it's a fine pick. But, again, going back to the Malachi Flynn pick, reminds me a ton of Fred VanVleet, a super high IQ guard who is an excellent playmaker, can shoot the ball off the dribble as well, can create his own shot, works great in the pick and roll, competes on the defensive side of the ball. They mirror each other's games pretty similarly. So getting someone like that when Fred VanVleet is likely to leave your team makes a ton of sense, and I think that's a great pick for them. Uh, gave the Utah Jazz a C plus. I am just not a big fan of Yudoka Azubuke's game really at all. And getting a backup center, uh, I've said this multiple times, but those type of players are just so replaceable. So especially when you're getting someone in Yudoka Azubuke who is such a raw player, who though is physical and athletic athletic tools are excellent he really just doesn't have much skill to his game at all terrible free throw shooter hasn't shown an ability to uh hit a single shot out of like the restricted area cannot play make at all can't can't face up uh i do love the elijah hughes pick though someone who could come off that bench uh be an electric score uh him and jordan clarkson are gonna have some nights where they take some terrible terrible shots and they both shoot like two for ten and it's gonna be ugly, but they're both gonna have some nights too where they're super hot off the bench. So I just like that pick quite a lot. Elijah Hughes is one of the more slept-on prospects in this draft, in my opinion. And lastly, I gave the Washington Wizards an A. I'm in love with their draft. Almost even gave him an A plus. Denny of Dia at number nine is a massive steal. Someone who can play make, play defense, uh, cut to the basket, run in transition. Literally everything other than shooting is set for him. Uh, he just needs to keep develop, uh, keep developing that shot, and if it comes, he's going to be such a nice player. Reminds me of, like, Gordon Hayward, Danilo Gallinari type of player. Again, shot needs to come along. Also reminds me of, like, Kito Uh And then at, uh, with the 53rd pick, they traded with the Thunder, and they got Cassius uh, Winston, which I think is an excellent pick for them, a backup point guard of the future who can really shoot the hell out of the ball. Uh And he's a really good locker room guy as well. Basically, I've heard nothing but positive things about Cassius Winston. Good playmaker as well. I think he's just going to be a solid backup point guard. Nice replacement for Smith. That makes him expandable and able to trade. And, yeah, I think it was a great uh, draft for the Washington Wizards, and I gave them an A. So, yeah, that was my draft grades for every team in the 2020 NBA draft. Next and last, we're going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals versus the Seattle Seahawks. This was a very, very good game. Russell Wilson played some excellent football in this one. Uh didn't really do anything super special, but honestly, he didn't need to. Uh he He just played super efficient football, and that worked great for the Seahawks team. Their offense was a well-oiled machine. He completed 23 of 28 passes, 197 yards, and two touchdowns. After having a ton of turnovers in these past couple games, where I was really worried about the Seahawks, because when he wasn't Superman, it looked like they couldn't win games but we've seen now their running game was much more efficient than it had been in previous games, and they looked a lot better. So when they get Chris Carson back, I think it's going to be even better for the Seahawks. Uh, Carlos Hyde came in, played some good football, uh, uh, rushed the ball 14 times, uh, got 79 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Russell Wilson also had 42 yards uh, on the ground, had so many really nice plays where he was getting out of the pocket, uh, avoiding defenders and extending plays. And he'd either uh, throw it downfield or uh, get a couple extra yards for himself. He's just one of the best at doing it in the league. He's not even like the fastest quarterback by any means. He's not a Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, but he's just mastered avoiding defenders. And he does that so well. Tyler Lockett had a sick touchdown, beautiful throw from Russell Wilson, just an absolute dot, nine receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. He's been amazing this entire season. DK Metcalf also had a great touchdown, had 46 yards. Those two have made an incredible dynamic duo that's been unstoppable for defenses. Greg Olson uh, did get injured, which will be a little bit concerning as their tight end play isn't great, and he's honestly been pretty solid for them, Uh, so they'll have to – uh, figure out a replacement for that and their defense though not uh, playing perfect by any means and they had they had uh, a couple plays where it was just it was just straight up ugly out there and on that last drive they, uh, they got marched down on pretty hard by the cardinals they made some huge plays we're already seeing the uh, impact of carlos dunlap he's getting after the quarterback and that pass rush has been so much better ever since he got there he made uh the play to win the game uh sacked kyler murray had two sacks on the game he was just excellent for them uh, and that was a really really good trade i love that move lj collier also had a sack uh, and even though they didn't uh force any turnovers uh they just made plays at key moments uh, had some important uh, deflections and uh, they just stepped up when it mattered the most on the final drive and honestly at the end of the day that's what matters you just got to play situational football they also uh, forced a safety uh and that was just because of some bad offensive line play to be honest uh terrible holding call right there. You just absolutely can't do that. That's the one reason why I haven't been super uh, confident in this Cardinals team to be like the best team in the division, even though they are very talented. I just uh, am not super confident in their coaching. I think uh, Cliff Cliff Kingsbury can be a a very good coach at some point, and he's already shown some really nice things, but I just don't think he uh, is good enough to be A Super Bowl uh, level team, especially with how important coaching is in the NFL, Uh, you need a great coach to win. And I I just don't think Cliff Kingsbury is that. Uh, But this team is still solid. They still competed in this game. Kyler Murray completed 29 of 42 passes, 269 yards, two touchdowns. Really couldn't get the running game going. Uh, Kenyon Drake only had 29 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Fitz had 62 yards. Hopkins had uh, 51. Christian Kirk had 50. Chase Edmonds had a touchdown. And Dan Arnold had a touchdown. Isaiah Simmons got a sack and two tackles for loss. Nice to see him get involved. Uh, they also got two other sacks. But they just need to play some more, uh, better situational football. Need to uh, know what's happening. That offensive line is definitely concerning as well. Uh, like I said, that safety was just some bad preparation and a bad mistake by the offensive line. Absolutely cannot be holding when you're uh, that far backed up, and it was just a big mistake by them, Uh, and that was a big thing in costing them the game. Uh, they got to be better disciplined, and I just think if they're going to face a team like the Seattle Seahawks or the Los Angeles Rams uh, in a playoff matchup, I think the coaching would overweigh that, even if they're pretty uh, equal uh, to each other all, honestly, as far as talent. I just think that coaching gives those other teams the upper edge uh, and make them the third team in the division, which it, which shows how talented this division is because the Cardinals are a very good team. So being the third best team in this division is crazy how good they are. Uh, and I loved what I saw from uh, the Seahawks. If you watched the last podcast, you would know. I was very concerned about them after the performance I saw last time, but they stepped up and played much better, uh, got after the quarterback well, played good, uh, good situational football made some big plays on defense and russell wilson was just super efficient i just really hope they get chris carson back soon and he's not uh, injured for the playoffs because he has kind of consistently dealt with injuries and he's just such a good and valuable player for them but yeah good win for the seahawks now up to seven and three. First team in their division uh it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that spot the rams do have the tiebreaker over them Uh, so it's kind of just up to the Rams to try and uh, take this division, but great win for the Seahawks. And, yeah, that has been the episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. Hope you enjoyed another long one, and it's been Michael. Peace out.